0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Broken Hour. I'm your host, Henry Batillo. my co-host here.
1: Sebastian Morales.
0: And today, guys, we got a uh, very special guest. We've been planning for like a month and a half to get this gentleman in here, but we've had some up and downs, uh, Sebastian. Yeah, uh, COVID. It is is what (laughs) it is. Um, We got this man. Uh, um, Trained with me in jiu-jitsu. I trained with him a couple of times. Uh, But, uh, yeah, we got my... We got Jonathan here. So what's up,
1: man? Not much. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Thank you for showing up. We wanted to get everything prepared first, and yeah. we're sorry that you had to sit through the setup. Yeah. Now he knows how trash we are, how the whole setup is. <laughs> 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 it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. So talk, because this is my first time meeting Jonathan, um, so Henry, tell me how you guys know yeah, so, each other first.
0: Yeah. So, like I said I, uh, earlier, yeah, I met Jonathan dude in jiu-jitsu, and actually... Like I said, I've only, I think I only rolled with you like twice. But I do remember telling you some stuff when we rolled. Because I remember you just came in. When did you start jiu-jitsu? I started in March of 2021. 2021, yeah. So I remember when. well That's crazy. That's right after my tournament. So I remember when you walked in, I was like, oh, this new guy here. And, um, yeah, you've been training since. We're actually talking off air that because um, it's kind of interesting how everyone – you know started their jizz journey and we talked about how how you started your journey and uh you knew coach Juan you said Yeah, we uh coach Juan and I technically met back in 2004
2: when my family moved from Dallas to Keller. Um his family lived in the same cul-de-sac as us, so mm. had no idea who he really was like this badass fighter and everything. <laughs> I, I literally didn't know any of that, but um eventually learned that he did have a gym and that pretty much the rest of his history after that.
1: How long have you been training jiu-jitsu?
2: Uh, a little over a year. So, I think
0: about 15 or 16 months now. And you, Henry? Uh, June would be four. I don't train that much. I just want to put that out just because I feel kind of weird saying that. But huh. I don't train as much this year. But uh, June is four years. Time, time flies. Holy f- Boy. Yeah, time does fly. But um, the reason, Jonathan, I, uh, I tried to get guessing, you know, just to bring different perspective and – different people here you know learn from others and uh the reason why i decided to hit you up you recall i i I reached out to you because i do follow you on instagram and i saw that you posted something saying like everyone has a story and you had a rear or like a video of kind of your life and i honestly i glanced at it and i kind of stopped because i wanted to hear it in person face to face and sebastian too because he asked me he's like you know,
1: you know, he, he, what yeah, was he talk do. about it was like my first time. I yeah. ask, Cause like Henry, we were mentioning, we always usually go with the flow of a conversation, but I was like, well, I mean, what does Jonathan want to talk about? Yeah. And he just told me a few things, but I wanted to hear from you as well. And Israel didn't mention a couple of things yeah. that
0: he heard and, and whatnot, but I want you to sit here and talk about that story that you posted.
2: Yeah. So, um, in December of 2002, my family and I were involved in a uh, car accident with a drunk driver. Mm. Um, we were driving home from a performance that we were involved with, with our church in uh, Plano and in Richardson is where the uh, crash happened. Um, as a result of it, I suffered a traumatic brain injury, um, was basically as close as you can get to death as possible while like surviving. Uh, I was paralyzed. I was in light on life support in the ICU. So um, yeah, it, it definitely changed my life forever. and humbled me for sure. Uh, it, I really can't put into words the emotional effects of it for me personally or even, uh, people who, uh, people who are involved. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's, it'll be 20 years in December. Um, everything that I've been through up to this point has been nothing short of a miracle. Um, obviously I'm so thankful to be able to do jujitsu and to work out and to run and do all these things that I do and that I post. Um, but I just felt like somebody really needed to see that video in particular. A lot of people who don't know my story or don't know me personally, Mm -hmm. Uh, I just felt like somebody could really be impacted by it. So that's why I posted all that.
1: How old were you when this happened?
2: I was only ten, so 10. yeah, I wow. was pretty young. Wow.
0: I can't I can't imagine that. And it's kinda I mean, kinda ironic. I was just listening to videos I, uh 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 my driver for Amazon. So I, I tend to listen to like, a lot of podcasts and like YouTube videos and I just got done watch listening to like literally I was, it's kinda weird, but I was listening to like uh like kind of horror stories of like what uh EMTs and stuff like that deal with, and a lot of it was like dealing with like drunk drivers and stuff like that, and uh, the result of it, right. and it's kind of crazy that that happened to you. And uh I guess uh, a good question, or a question I have for you is like, like what was that like? I just want to hear that process. You know what I'm saying? Cause I can't, I can't imagine of. Being 10 years old, your parents were involved, right? You said... And my
2: mom was. My dad was not. He was in another vehicle. Okay. So everybody except my dad was in the car.
0: Yeah. So Who's everybody?
2: My mom, my younger brother, my younger sister, a family friend, and myself. We were all involved in our car. Um There were four cars total that were involved. The drivers, obviously. Uh There was one car that was hit before ours. That car got sent to us, and then we got projected into midair and then hit another car. So there were four cars total they got hit
0: Wow! and did your siblings got hurt as well are you saying? my my younger brother emotionally
2: was very traumatized by it physically thank god he wasn't hurt mm-hmm. um, he was only eight at the time so um, you know the emotional effects were very hard on him um, I don't really talk to him about it I really never have right. uh, my younger sister suffered a minor head injury um, she was only four so she was still in a car seat and then my mom uh, she suffered a lot of physical injuries as well. I've um, I i can not remember off the top of my head what they exactly were, but right. obviously as a mother, emotionally the effects were even worse.
1: So. Yeah. could I imagine. When Henry mentioned the process of it, how long were you in physical therapy?
2: So it's actually um, not funny, haha. But uh, when you think of traumatic brain injury or TBI for short, a lot of people who I've met over the years um, who I like share this story with, they've been through like ICU life support. Mm -hmm. That's like weeks if not months. And then therapy months, if not years. Um, I was literally from the time the car accident happened, which was December 6th to the time I got released from inpatient care was December 24th. So my recovery, my like recovery time in the hospital was only 18 days. The, um, therapy after that was about five or six months. So my, whole process was very very short um you know Mm -hmm. so it was very it's very different coming from somebody like that with that kind of injury Mm -hmm. um but obviously the process of healing is lifelong so like even though um i'm alive and well today i don't you know i'm still going through stuff i still have to heal i still have to deal with my inner demons that i've never dealt with so to answer your question it's still ongoing
1: it's ongoing to this day the one so if you would like to share like what mentally like what do you think you still face with like even to like the basics of like not necessarily fear of driving or anything like that but what like are you more I guess precaution when you're like you're more cautious when you're driving just all the time like what do you experience from now like you mentioned still ongoing what do you experience so
2: I would say the The biggest thing, the biggest battle that I've faced, and it's affected me in my athletic career for sure, Mm -hmm. is not living life as a victim, not feeling sorry for myself, having a different perspective on life. Um, Because, you know, nobody knows this about me unless they were to ask me. Uh, So, you know, just knowing that this whole thing, this whole part of my life, it is a scar and it will always be with me, but it doesn't define me. And it certainly doesn't hold me back from pursuing my dreams and my goals in life. Uh, that's, that's definitely one thing that I have to continuously, um, work on. And then of course I'm a safe driver. Um, there have been other car accidents that my, my family members have been involved in. I haven't been involved in, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've always been safe on the road. I don't drink, I don't do drugs. Um, I've stayed away from that stuff for a multitude of reasons. Um, obviously this being one of them, Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, not and i still go to counseling for this stuff so it's like an ongoing thing so it's kind of hard to put into words like when you're talking with people outside Mm. of counseling um it's it's not letting my emotions get the best of me so like if i get if something triggers in my brain that is a result of what happened to me um i'll immediately have to fight off depression have to fight off isolation you know just things like that you know fear anxiety doubt it's just different things that everybody struggles with. So, you know, and I still to this day have to work on that through counseling, through talking with people in my circle. And yeah, it's just stuff like that. When
1: I hear that you're going to counseling for this, like I feel like that's like a big, I want to say an obstacle, but a big decision to make that you realize for yourself, okay, I need help and stuff like that. Because um, me and Henry, I've done an episode about like um, being raised as like, as men, you're not supposed to be like, worrying and finding help or asking for help and stuff like that. But um, did you start counseling like after you physically healed like that December 24th? And then, of course, through the what I'm trying to say is like counseling since 10 or or just like you've been doing that for like a while. It was after I got
2: out of the Air Force. Um, It was years down the road when I finally drew the line in the sand to say, okay, I need help so no it was a long time down the road i didn't get help mm-hmm. immediately um after all that had happened we literally thought that life went back to normal that's that's kind of what we you're thought. supposed
1: to continue just like nothing like nothing happened yeah no. it's
0: crazy you you said that because like i feel like that's how it is for a lot of people or the lot of people that go to counseling you know when like they have like those like inner demons and that like it, like, kind of pushes, you, like, you, you, like, don't know until, and it's to, like, out of nowhere, like, you're like, okay, something's wrong with me, and I need, I need help, you know? And it takes a lot, like he said, like, we're raised in a different, I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't know how you were raised, but, like, me and him, like, we're raised, like, all be tough, get up, like, be a man. But, like, it takes a lot of guts to know, like, hey, like, I have some issues, and I have to confront them, I need to, I need help, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. And that's crazy. I I kind of want to... If you don't mind like does that what's that process well how was that process when you're like oh i I need help like you like when did you know like okay
2: so um i'll i'll backtrack a little bit um today's actually three years from when i got separated from the air force um i felt very called to to go into the military and i felt like this was god's plan for my life i felt very very strongly about it i literally before that, before 2019, I had no ambitions of going in or doing special operations or doing anything like that. Um, so, you know, I trained for about 11 months to, to prepare for what I was going into. Um, and when I was in basic training, uh, something triggered in my brain that just, I wasn't ready to face. Um, a lot of the guys that I met down there were really good guys. I stay in touch with them to this day. Um, but yeah, I just, something happened to me and I wasn't ready to face it. And I told the psychologist, um, on the base, I was like, look, this is what's happened to me. This is what I came into basic training with. Um, I'm just not ready for this lifestyle. Um, can you help me go home so I can deal with all this? Uh, long story short, I was able to do so. Um, and basically not long after I got back home, uh, it was like a couple of months later, I had met a woman at work whose sister was a counselor and she connected me with her. And then I started working with her about two years ago and we've been working with each other ever since.
1: That's crazy. How was the, to change the pace of this, like how was the, I'm assuming and in the Air Force you had to do a physical exam? Yes. I'm actually interested yeah. about that. Like what do you have to do?
2: So, um, for somebody like me with the medical history that I had, uh, I literally had a huge novel worth of medical documents that, uh, the people at MEPs is what it's called. Uh, it's the medical, it's basically the, the place that you go to get into the military for any branch. Um, one of the doctors there, he sees only pay people like that. So you can't just go in, get a physical and then you're good if you have a history like me. Um, so I had to get a waiver for my brain injury, and then um, for a couple other things. Uh, so that's why it took eleven months. It from the time that I went into the recruiter's office to the time I shipped out. Um, it was getting waivers from DC because it had to go all the way up to the the highest uh, the highest official, and then it was also preparing for what I was getting into physically. Um, so that's why it took so long. It was mm. it was a really rigorous uh, process for me, not only physically but like emotionally because I had no idea I was training to to become this Air Force PJ that I always wanted to do pretty much since I heard about them but at the same time they could have said no you can't go in so I was going into my training sessions like yes I got in I'm staying positive but at the same time it was like you know this may not happen and then it finally did and so that was when I was like okay this is going to happen so let's let's roll
1: and what is the air force pj you said yes what is that because i don't know maybe people who listen don't know i definitely don't know what what that is
2: so pjs are part of air force special operations the navy has the seals army green berets rangers so they're part of that community um they're basically uh rescue specialists um they'll attach with those guys and other people um to go on rescue operations because Every every operation that people don't know about has to have a medic and that's what they're trained to do They're trauma medics Um, They're also combatants. So they're very very Mm -hmm. trained individuals Um, And as soon as I heard about them and saw and did my research on them I was hooked because they're basically Mm -hmm. like modern-day supermen and women Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was just like that's that's what I want to do. I don't want to do anything else I want to do the hardest job in the Air Force. I, I know I can do this. I believe in my abilities I believe that I can do anything and you know that's that's why I pursued that. So wow. yeah.
0: Can I, can I ask you a question? And it, he knows this gentleman that I'm about to bring up. But uh, do you know do you know who David Goggins is? Yes, I do. So like you talking about this, <laughs> it makes me. I read his book back in 20. During when COVID hit, I read all his books and listened to all his interviews. And it just reminds me of that. Like you, you talking about it, it just remind me of him. His his mentality is insane. You know, obviously. Like you said, everyone has a story. He had a story. He dealt with some demons. He, he had some a rough childhood, and it's crazy, you know, how he like pushed through that. Like, do you do you like read a lot of books of like looks like about David Goggins as well?
2: I've watched a lot of YouTube uh, videos and interviews with David. Obviously, um, a lot of other guys too, besides besides him. But uh, yeah, I find a lot of motivation what he has to say. Um, he's definitely one of those individuals that I have learned to like, um, mimic in my training sessions, especially because when I feel pain, that's when you want to step on the brakes, but in, in hindsight, you need to press on the gas even more. more. Um, and that's, that's one of the things I love about his mentality and his yeah. work ethic.
0: Oh yeah. Cause he talks about the 40% rule Yep. where he's like, everyone has that 40% rule where they think they can only push the 40%, but then that's your mind telling you you're equal, push back you push past it and i think that's awesome and that's easy like what you said right there about the pain that's that's exactly right and what which you going through all of this and stuff like that you know what is do you have you don't have any obviously i see so for you don't that you don't know i see that you post the run every day you train every day so how's that like well what's your training regimen like right now So when I got out of the military, um,
2: I kept the same training regiment. Basically, I like to call it like cross training or CrossFit type style. Mm -hmm. Um, I lift a lot. I'm not able to run right now because I'm still dealing with a leg injury. Um, Mm -hmm. I suffered three pulled calves injuries last year and they just have transferred over into something much worse. I feel like, uh, so, but I still do jujitsu. I still do what I can. Um, I'm still, you know, I'm not feeling sorry for myself, even though I can't run. Uh, if I do run, it's very light on the grass, but, uh, yeah, I just mainly do what I can. Um, when I can, I'll get back in the pool and start training again in the water. Cause that's one of my weaknesses and that's one of the reasons why I joined mixed martial arts. Cause it's way out of my comfort zone, had no experience at all in fighting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something way, way out of my comfort zone. And you know, obviously it's something that tests you not only physically, but mentally as well. Um, yeah, so I basically just kept that same mentality and same training regiment when I got out of the Air Force.
0: I mean, that's good. That's really good. Because, I mean, a lot of people, like, I mean, sadly, like you said, like a lot of people, I can't say the same, if they're in the same situation as you and then they got in a bad car wreck and stuff like that, and it takes a lot of people a long, long time to, you know, get back in the straight line or, like, get, you know, physical or, like, just fix themselves or sadly, some people don't, you know what I'm saying? They tend to stay in that victim mentality and, uh, and you're one, one of them that didn't, you know? And that's, that's awesome. Do you have other like sources that you go to that helps you? Like, um, like you, the good thing is, and that's crazy. I feel kind of bad. Cause you say you don't drink and you don't, the like we're over here off air talking about how we go to the bars. Nah, stuff. bro, I go
1: to church every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> i just kidding. I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but that's interesting because, and this, I'm, this question is very interesting to me because, you know, when you get a situation, I'm, I'm sure everyone has this mentality. I've felt it so many times in my life where I'm like, "Why God? Why me?" Like, and uh, what's what's your process in that? Because you sound like you go to church and stuff like that. And like, do you question, you question God or do you question just, I guess the universe? Like, why did you put me in this situation? Like why am I, you know?
2: Yeah, man. Uh, my Christian faith has been the most important thing to me since I gave my life to Christ when I was 10. So that summer that the car accident happened was I went to a church camp and then I I gave my life to Jesus. Everything changed from there. We got very involved with church and and then obviously that happened and like you just said after that happened over the years it's just like why me why me god why did this happen to us why why did i survive you know all these things i'd be lying to you right now if i were to say that i've always had this mentality of never quitting being tough being persistent persevering through i really haven't um it took me a very 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 long time to get out of that habit um I wish I could say it was a quick fix, but one of the reasons why I left the military was because of that. I still had that victim mentality. Um, and you know, the, the car accident, the the accident happened. Um, unfortunately, the story didn't end there. Um, in, in 2000, in 2002 or 2003 years later, um, there was a meeting that changed everything for, for me personally. Uh, we wound up meeting the driver and, uh, it's kind of a long story of how that happened, but he was, it was during his probation period. He had already served his prison time. Um, we met him and, a uh, really emotional meeting. He was a really, really nice guy. He turned his life around. He was, you know, engaged, had a great job, was, I believe a Christian at the time. Um, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, maybe we can all go together and start speaking to kids, especially, and share the story from both sides of the spectrum. To some of the people who are affected by it and from the person who causes it. That was the, the goal. Um, about six months after that, he wound, up getting, he wound up getting pulled over for another DWI. So he literally did the same exact thing that he did to us months after meeting us and so
0: another he didn't get into a car accident but he
2: was arrested he was pulled over and plant he was pulled over for drinking while intoxicated so um because of that we had to go to court we didn't go to court for the car accident back in '02, but this time they wanted to put him in in prison back in prison because he was a danger to society and a danger to himself uh long story short i go with my mom to testify at the trial Um, he winds up getting sentenced another 25 years in prison because the judge is probably just like, look, you're, you're obviously a threat to people and you haven't changed. Um, but I said to him, this is why I brought this up. I said to the guy in person, what I said on the stand, I said, you know, I am really upset about what you did, but I forgive you for what you did to me. I forgive you for the choice you made that night. I forgive you for the choice you made now. And I hope that you turn your life around now verbally saying that I meant it, but deep down in my heart, I wanted that SOB to suffer. I'd be lying again. If I said, I think, anything other than that, I wanted him to feel the pain and suffering that I have been dealing with. And my mem- members of my family have been dealing with because especially after doing it again, yeah. you know, it was like, what WTF bro. So, but after that, after the the trial and everything, I was like look I gotta I gotta do something I gotta go and try and help people through this so I started speaking I started bringing this into the light and you know from there from about 2015 to 2018 I started just speaking trying to get as many people as possible to to hear the story and to hear the journey and to like bring my emotions and my feelings out into the surface to try and get some healing even though it really deep down wasn't helping me that much. It was more making me even more entitled and a little bit more selfish because it was like, do I want to help people or do I want to just help myself? You know, because that's what will happen sometimes if you gain a lot of fame and notoriety is like, are you doing it for the right reason? Is this what God is really calling me to do? Is he open these doors for me to walk through? Or is he just open these doors for me to just see this is the the promise. This is what I'm going to show you so that you can eventually do this. So um, yeah, it just... It was it was a time that I took to really get humbled, and then obviously I got even more humbled, and then even more humbled, and I've just been in this patience, like this waiting game of like, okay, what do you want me to do? So you know, it's I, that. That's just it's kind of a part of the journey for yeah. sure. But it all it all changed after all that for me.
0: That's crazy, and that's crazy. You say that because I was just about to ask you, did you forgive him? Because that's kind of like. Kind of hard to do, but like to in order to move on in life, you have to to forgive. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you already know this as a Christian man yourself. You know, it's something like you know my dad taught me, like to just you know forgive, because you know you don't want that feeling in your heart of just pure like hatred or whatever you felt. You know, I can only imagine anger and and you know, re- I mean revenge. I don't know, but you know that's that's good, and that's that was I guess the be- the beginning the beginning steps of your journey that you are in now, you know, to forgive and then to move on and help others. And I, and I find it interesting how you just said it right now that you said, do, do I want to like help myself, be selfish, help myself or help others. But sometimes I, uh, there's this quote that I know that like people, uh, there's a quote that says sometimes by helping your own problems is by helping others first, like helping others will help you, yourself as well. So I think that's interesting too. Is that something you're currently doing right now? Are you still,
2: I, I put my career, my speaking career on hold um, to pursue other things. Uh, again, it gets back to the, the patience thing and waiting for for those doors to open, not try and open those doors myself. Uh, but I will say I wanted to gain more life experience so that first and foremost, I can share more stories about overcoming things, because obviously I brought the military. That's that's one part of it pursuing the fire department is another going from job to job. Um, there's, there's different aspects now that I didn't have before that I can now share with more people. Um, so to answer your question, no, not, not at this time. Um, I'm working on other things, but, but yeah, I will in the future for sure.
1: So are you currently pursuing fire department or you have and move like you mentioned the fire department, are you still doing that or
2: it's not my path to keep yeah. a long story short yeah. I, I i pursued it for about a year and went into emt school hated every minute of it um yeah. but yeah it uh, it's actually funny uh, a friend shout out to, to tanya a good friend of mine uh she texted me recently and she was like i am so glad that you are not a firefighter because they are really struggling right now and she had the word so in capital letters and i was like it just wasn't part of god's plan mm. for me that's that's you know, I I can't say anything more about that. You know, it's just like if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, and I'm at peace with it. So, no, I'm I'm not pursuing it anymore. Um, it, it's all good.
1: Yeah, the one question I did have for you about the I I understand you said the speaking thing is on hold and all that stuff, but what was one message you try to drive home every time? Like, what's one thing? Like, it, let's say you had like um like a speaking opportunity, like let's say once a quarter right like a big speaking event let's just, like what's one thing that you wanted to drive home like do you want it to be like if the if the audience wants if i need the audience to take one thing from this what do i want that to be
2: it's cliche but i would say and this is this is a quote once i heard this quote i was just like i'm, I'm never gonna forget this um it's basically about quitting. So like, if I don't quit, I'll never know how to. So like, don't quit on yourself. Don't quit on your family. Don't quit on your, your coworkers. Don't quit on anything that you are pursuing in life. And eventually you'll see results. So, you know, obviously I didn't quit when I couldn't walk. I didn't quit when I was, you know, in in a relationship or after my relationship and the breakup process. I haven't quit on God. I haven't quit on my faith. I haven't quit on my family. Um, I haven't quit on the healing process of all this. I haven't quit on anything in life because obviously I just, I have that mentality now. It's just, it's just totally, I'm just like unbreakable. I mean, everybody has their breaking point, but, you know, everybody has highs and lows. Everybody has good days. Everybody Mm -hmm. has bad days. But for me, it's all just about if you just don't quit, failure is. It's it's part of life, but just growth from it. Don't just go through it, but grow from that experience. Grow through the process. That's that's the one message I drive home every single time.
0: It, it's, Thank you. Yeah, that's a really good quote. That's something I I don't think I've even heard of that one. Don't quit, and you never know how to. That's crazy. I'm gonna write that. I already down.
1: fucked up. I've quit before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I already fucked up. The yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's a that's a really good quote. I'm gonna have to write that one down. Oh my guy's gonna be on
1: his whiteboard now in the mirror written <laughs> yeah. every time he wakes up he sees it. Yeah. Uh the So you mentioned about like experiencing a lot of things to share stories. Uh are you big into traveling? Or like is that one thing you look forward to or like you've done traveling?
2: I'm big into traveling if like I mean I've never so there's different answers to that question. Mm. I've never seen either side of my family, so I've never taken family trips or vacations. I've never gotten to experience like the beauty of nature or anything like that or been outside of the United States. I've only been to other states because of uh, Mm -hmm. track meets, cross-country meets, basically business meeting, business trips. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would be big in them if I could afford them or if I had time to do so, but I've never had that experience yet.
1: You have a dream place, like a dream stay, country that you want to... Or like a site that you want to see?
2: I have uh, Polish in my blood. So Mm -hmm. obviously I would love to go back to quote-unquote the homeland Mm -hmm. and just see how it is and see what life is like over there. Um, In the States, uh, probably in the mountains somewhere, like Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, something like that, and experience those those areas.
0: I'm actually... I'm am not I'm not here trying to like show up. I'm actually by Go Colorado.
1: Right wow, rubbing it in. i sorry, boo, do like this, man. Just kidding.
0: You mentioned I'm actually I'm going with Israel. We're gonna go hiking.
1: He's and gonna push Israel off a cliff. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's her, my point. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, push him off.
0: But uh, you definitely should go, man. And it, I mean, it's crazy how like as I. I guess grow up or mature like I just I think I prefer mountains over beach any day just because like it's just the beach is the beach it's all the same but like mountains are different you know they're all different natures you know it's all different but it's beautiful you know and then hiking is tough right I don't know if you heard the story me and Israel we went to the Grand Canyon and we almost died we hiked like 15 not like we like but it just felt like we were almost gonna die because of the pain. It was crazy. We hiked fifteen miles, and uh but that's just a different story, but yeah, I mean, it's something you should definitely go go hiking man it's it's fun, but um, I was gonna ask you say you have calf are you dealing with some calf issues? Yeah, it's like
2: my calf and soleus on my left leg um when I was training for the the fire department stuff i I pulled it really bad, I think the first time, and it just hasn't been the same since so I do a lot of work with my massage therapist who I've known for like 11 years now. Shout out to Rochelle. Um, she's been helping me through the process. And, you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time with all that. So
1: random question for you, man. So like during the California trip. So like doing walks just this side feels like a fucking knife just goes in my leg. Is that like because you freaked me out because you mentioned something about disease. I was like, there's just no way, bro. But, like, does your massage therapist deal with stuff like that? Or, like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know. I was always curious because I look up. I forgot the muscle because I was worried. I was like, okay, every time I, like, do soccer with them back then, I don't do it now because I was like, man, I'm just going to start feeling the pain. I'll start limping. I don't want to look like a bitch. Like, so I don't do soccer with them. But I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And then, like, I stretch it out sometimes here and there. Like, I don't know. I was just going to ask you, like, dude, I don't know. I was just a random fucking question um what
2: i would do do you know what foam rolling is no oh foam rolling yeah get a foam roller Mm. like roll the area out get some compression sleeves or compression socks um socks. if you need to use anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen do that um ice is nice so always ice it if you feel like it's inflamed in any way okay um do things like that to start with and then just go Um, from there
1: okay because man i'm like he's I'll, it's like a constant thing. I'm just like, dude, this just shit hurts a lot. And um, like, I wanted to go to the hikes with them, but I just couldn't. Like after I was like, I'm done here. So I did my own like small hike because they went steep up, steep fucking up. When we went to California to Yosemite, oh, we to Yosemite. And I was like, dude, I can't. So I did my own hike of like kind of like a little up, but like slower. I, which was a good experience Like I hiked by myself Saw nature And all that good shit But like With them They went steep out I couldn't keep up with that Because of that I was just Random question I was like If you went to a massage therapist Maybe I
2: don't know I'd also get Good running shoes Or good walking shoes oh, yeah. That also helps really well
1: Compression sucks What does that do? Well I'm sorry That might be a dumb question it's, but.
2: No 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 It's just uh, Circulating blood flow To the area So it's just oh. It can't um, It can't hurt Oh god okay. It's one of those things That it more than likely Would help you
0: Oh well. What?
2: What? Just running question. Run. What running shoes do you use? Uh, it depends on what I'm training for. Uh, I like lighter, responsive shoes. The term some people like to use is firm, but anything light and fast. I like to use. I don't like really bulky shoes unless I'm working or standing all
0: day. Like, like uh, during COVID, I went through this running phase where I ran like every day. Like after I read there we go i was like i'm running and because because the gyms they all closed so i wanted to stay active so i ran every day like i you know two five to ten miles anyways so i looked up shoes and i bought some brooks and and they like hurt my feet just my feet was was crazy it didn't work out i was like this sucks (laughs) this
1: sucks i'm returning it yeah so i returned
0: them and i got some other ones some smaller ones and I still have them with me, but what do you use? Oh, you already, but what um, brands, what brand? Uh, the brand that probably um, is
2: my favorite is Saucony. Um, I like, I'll wear anything as long as it's comfortable and it fits my foot right. And that's what I tell people when I sell shoes, because I've been selling for over 10 years now. I've been in specialty retail for over 14 years. So I've been doing it for a while. I've been around the sport for a long time. Um, but Saucony is probably one of my favorites to wear.
0: You know, I think it's, it's one thing about your story that's really interesting to me is that the fact that you dealt with an injury, right? You know, uh, what was the injuries again? You said you, like, what was the injuries again you dealt with? Oh, from the physically the accident? Yeah, physically. um It was a brain injury. Brain injury? Yeah. And you said you couldn't walk and stuff. Yeah. And then look at you. You were doing cross country and track. Ain't that crazy? Do I you mean, ever think to yourself, like, wow, what the heck? Well, like...
2: Yeah. The answer is yes. Uh, I still, and I was thinking about this recently, I still to this day consider the night I walked again for the very first time, my greatest athletic achievement ever. because um, it wasn't a therapy session. It was truly by the hand of God that I got out of my bed by myself. Nobody was in the room and I literally had to go to the restroom. So literally I had two choices. I could yeah. either stay in this bed and wait for somebody to come and help me, or I can get out of this bed myself and walk to that restroom. And, and I did. And from that moment on, I didn't need my wheelchair anymore. I didn't need a walker. I see, so yeah, it that, and then, you know, going from that to not being able to feel anything on my left arm. That's why a lot of times I'll post stuff, me lifting something heavy, doing push-ups or pull-ups or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's just been a journey. I started from nothing and now people are seeing the results of it. I don't want people to just think I'm showing off and You know boasting about my ability or whatever my strength no i started from absolutely nothing i had no feeling at all but i worked from ground zero to what i'm doing today and that's my whole message to people is like you can do the exact same things i'm doing but you have to start where you're at and everybody has to start somewhere it's exactly like in jujitsu everybody started as a white belt not knowing very much and then obviously as you keep going back to class and you keep rolling you keep learning you keep getting more and more skill eventually something, the light bulb in your brain will click like, oh, this is how it's done. This is how it's supposed to be, you know, and you'll eventually see results and you'll eventually get better and better and better. So it's all related.
1: Damn. damn. I'm a bitch. I got in a car accident, not severely, not injuries, but I fucking hated the chiropractor. I was like, fuck. Just because of what they made me do. They they had this weird thing that they made me sit on a chair and like move my hips around. And my girlfriend made fun of me. She videotaped me doing it because that looked funny. <laughs> But, like, sometimes I feel like they fuck me up more. I don't know, man. It was this big-ass dude, huge hands, covered my fucking head both in his palms, and just, he says, breathe, and I'm going to count to three. And then I'm like, dude, he's just going to snap my shit. Like, I hated the chiropractor. <laughs> just kill me. Yeah, I hated the chiropractor. And, um, like I mentioned, like, not as severe as yours, but, um, but going to court, the one thing I remember the most from the car accident was, like, going to court because the dude didn't want to pay his ticket or some shit like that. So the state... Says like you gotta show up to court and stuff, and my lawyer said I had to. Uh, but man, this dude talks so much shit about me because I'm. First of all, it wasn't my fault because he did get the ticket, but um, essentially he thought he could beat me, and I T-boned him. But he had to be, bomb traffic technically, um, But just being quiet because like I just had to buy my tongue because you're just talking some mad shit. And he took pictures of me on my phone, calling my parents after the accident. He just talking shit like, look, he was using his phone. I I just had to be quiet and like the judges right here. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing because I was like, "Huh, I don't have my memory's fucked." Um, uh, it happened
0: in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. So you were nineteen.
1: Yeah, I don't uh, like just the whole court thing. Like new experiences like that, like it's just yep. weird as fuck. Like, like they asked me weird questions. Like, uh, the lawyer, the Texas State lawyer, asked me like, "Do you recognize this person?" I was like, "Yes, I like, guy like, she said, do you recognize, and then say his name, and I had to point at him, or that's what she asked me to do. And I was like, it was like just a Wait, lawyer. My it was is like lawyer, know? and then my lawyer in the back, and then him, because he was representing himself. And then the judge, and the judge did not want to be here. I was like, dude, I don't know. I looked at him, I was like, dude, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, nobody gave me, nobody said, hey, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to answer with. Like, I'm like, okay, point. But um, the one thing, like, with, like, I don't know, I guess, like, just hearing your story, I was like, damn, I definitely... And we've had stories, like, Adrian's as well, with the whole, like, um, fire department and T. stuff. You know Adrian? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, like, hearing you guys, like, push through a lot of this shit, I'm just like, dude, like, why the fuck am I complaining? I feel like there was another story that we heard, and I said the same thing. But I can't remember, but you're giving me vibes of that, like, damn, like, why the fuck... I was like, why am I complaining? Like, here's this dude going above and beyond. And I'm over here like struggling. I'm like, damn.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of who it was.
1: Yeah, I can't remember, but it's like giving the same exact vibes of like, damn, there's no reason for me to complain and shit. And then what's one thing you would say for someone like me, struggling with that? Like I just like for example, fitness, like I have my moments, but then I don't I'm not consistent. Right? Yeah. What would you say to me? So bitch. <laughs> well, that's one of them, but, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh,
2: it's one of the reasons why I restarted my YouTube channel. Um, consistency is key. Like every person that I've ever worked with or talked with about fitness, whether it's running health, nutrition, mm. stretching, any of that stuff, consistency is the name of the game and then discipline, determination, desire, all that other stuff. Um, you have to start somewhere. Like I said earlier, everybody has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you just consistently, okay, I'm gonna do this amount of work, workout wise. I'm gonna eat this things, these things only. I'm gonna drink this amount of water. I'm gonna get this amount of sleep. I'm gonna stretch this much. I'm gonna not stress about any of it. I'm not gonna compare myself. You just focus on yourself and focus on your goals. You write them on the wall. You write them anywhere that you're going, to the restroom, to, in your car, to where you can see what your goal is and you visualize it. You stay positive. I mean
1: – You write them down as well. You write – writing. There's
2: something more powerful about writing down your goals so that you can visually see it everywhere. I mean you could type it in your phone too. But as long as you see it every day and you meditate on it, and then you actually tell yourself, yes, I'm gonna run a four minute mile. Yes, I'm gonna lose a hundred pounds. Yes, I'm gonna go to the gym 52 weeks out of the year. Like that's that just it's just more powerful than just saying it. So like for for somebody like, like you, like what you just asked me, um, I would just say the consistency part. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. That's how I've been able to achieve what I've been able to achieve. It's just the consistency.
1: Down. All right, Dan, I'm going start writing in my bathroom mirror. Because I like, I'm just like, you like, it's like with, I think, I think you can relate, you get your waves of like, you're passionate about getting back into fitness. And then, like, two weeks, three weeks out, like, I'm just like, dude, fuck. Like, I I hate this shit. But yeah, I was just asking, because, like, you bring your jug of water. I'm like, okay, he stays hydrated. And then, um, cross country, this man brought a jug of water, man. I got my little Bottle right here <laughs> but I do drink That's one thing I've learned Like to stay consistent is hydration with water I drink a shit ton of water But um, Because you Like you said You say cross country I'm like okay That's fit Like cr- crossfit That's fit as fuck And so that's why I asked Because like man I get my waves But then I'm just like Dude fuck this Like you know, uh, and I wanted to Add on
0: to that um, I, I saw this video the other day Where this guy Was talking about how his dad was he. His dad was um. He was talking about how his dad used to be a smoker, and he came up to his dad one day and asked him, "Are you gonna um? Are you gonna smoke? Are you gonna like smoke?" He's said, like, "I don't think so. he's like are you gonna some something, something like that." Basically, he asked him, "Are you gonna quit or something like that?" He's like, "No, I think I'm gonna go one more day." Like the go one more day aspect, the mentality of like, for me is like my journey of like fitness, like. I, you know, I was fat my whole life and then like I was skinny and then fat skinny. It's just, you know, the balance. But for me, like right now, I'm in the process of getting back in shape and something that I tell myself, like I wake up and I I ask myself, all right, am I going to do what I want to do? Like, am I going to quit? And I tell myself, no, go one more day. Just take it day by day, you know, because something that Mike Tyson says, one of his quotes is without discipline or nothing which is so
1: true like, it's so true because i can just hear his voice like mike tyson specific voice yeah, says things yeah. like that I'm <laughs> like, oh god yeah because i listen to his
0: <laughs> podcast his podcast is really good yeah. and he says that like discipline is key you know and then yeah it just that's a good mentality to keep too you know just go one more day just tell yeah. yourself go go one more day and that's something i tell myself you know it's always been like that like even when i was really into like j- jiu-jitsu like Man, there's days when I pull up in jiu-jitsu and I'm like in the car like, why? Why am I here? Why? And I'm like just walk in. It's just one hour, one hour of hell. That's what I tell myself all the time. It's one hour of hell.
2: You know, it's it's funny you bring that up. Um, pretty much from the get-go, um, I literally would go into class like exhausted. So I literally would worked out once, maybe twice, worked all day and then go to practice. So like now I'm so used to it to where like, I have to do all of those things. Cause I feel better in practice. Like I feel more alert. I feel more like ready to roll and no pun intended, just I feel better. Yeah. So like um, I'm just, I'm so in that mode to where like I get up, I eat my breakfast, get ready for work, go work out for about an hour, an hour and a half go work eight, eight, nine hours, and then go to practice for like an hour, hour, 15 minutes. I'm just used to that every week. So like, you know, it's, it obviously, at times you'll be like, oh, do I really want to go to practice? Do I really want to work out? Do I really want to go get beat up? Sometimes you're like, yes, I need to do this because I'll feel better afterwards. Afterwards. But it's more just like having that, that mentality of like, yes, it'll make me better. Yes, I can do this.
0: that's and i always tell like when i go to jiu-jitsu and i talk to like coach jay or whoever like i'm always complaining but like i always tell everyone's like the sleep after jiu-jitsu is the best like i sleep well knowing that like i went in got my ass kicked but at least i went in you know what i'm saying Or is that with anything with any kind of training that i do is like ah like i have a better day because i did it or better night i sleep well
2: and plus the uh the black eyes you get the bruises and the cuts that people will see the next day you know, you can, you can walk around with those things. Like, like, yeah, I earned this, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true. Even though at the moment I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) no, the day afterward is good.
1: Yep. Um, I was going to ask something about the air force. Just got to keep notes of what you said so I can bring them up. Um, do you guys, I've seen videos of like the Marines getting yelled at in the fucking face. Did you go through that? As well, they be yelling at your face because I couldn't. I'd break laughing because when I get yelled at, I just fucking laugh.
2: So, so the answer is yes, you, because it was pre-COVID. So they they got in your face. um It's different because if you go into special operations, no matter what branch it is, you get even worse treatment, especially at basic, because there's more pressure when you're in the field. So like when you're down range. There's no room for error. People die if there's mistakes made. So that's why they put even more pressure on you in the beginning. And it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. What's the worst so, thing
1: you experienced personally?
2: Uh, it really wasn't that bad for me because I really wasn't in it long enough to experience it. Now, the guys who I talked with who went through, um, it's it was called uh, Battlefield Airmen Prep. So it was the prep course before selection and then selection itself. Uh, they just said it was a lot of the same stuff that you had already been through It's just, you have to endure more like less sleep, no food. You're already going through strenuous workouts and carrying a lot of heavy stuff. So it was just everything on steroids basically. And then obviously you're going through the pipeline. So you're going to different schools and learning all these skills and there's a standard that you have to stay at. So, you know, I can't speak on experience to answer your Mm -hmm. question. Um, so like, it really wasn't that bad. If I'm, if I'm being completely honest, like the yelling and stuff I was used to the, the strength training or the running, it really wasn't hard to me. I was used to all that. Mm. Uh, it was just the, and this is probably the worst part for a lot of people and civilians don't really understand this aspect of it. You have absolutely no control. That's the worst part about the military, especially in the beginning you have, No control of when to eat, when to sleep, when to sit down, when to walk. They tell you how to talk. Like you are controlled in every aspect of the process. And it's for a reason. It's because they're breaking you down to your very core to build you back up the way they want to. So they're getting oh, – stripping every layer of civilian out of you so that they can build you up into the soldier and getting you out of this I mentality into this we mentality. But it sounds really bad, but it's all about perspective. Yeah, you know?
1: I'm hearing like fucking they put you in a chair. They fucking open your eyes and you watch these <laughs> fucking videos for 24-7. <laughs> I'm like, no, God, no, no.
2: No, it's 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 really not that bad. I mean, you have to maintain your military bearing, is what they call it, uh, at all times. So, like, you if they're talking or yelling at you, you can't break a smile or break a laugh Fuck. or look around. Like, they, it, it, was,
0: they just getting on to you more. Oh,
2: bro. your ass is grass, or your your team, yeah. which is even worse. But uh, yeah, and you don't want like a piece of shit. You then. don't want to be that guy, bro. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Fuck yeah, good
1: now now because like if so, I don't know what it is, but when people yell at me, I just. I guess it's just how I defend myself. I just find it funny. I just crack a smile. But, like, I see videos like that. I'm like, damn, like, they're so close to my face. Like, if I was there, like, I'm seeing, like, how close they get to people's faces just yelling. I'm like, yeah. I just can't imagine the spit shot this motherfucker is just getting from his sergeant or drill sergeant, whatever you call him. But so, you guys, you mentioned one thing now that, that really, I was like, whoa. Like, no control whatsoever. You're, like, told every... Uh, Twenty four seven, you know what you have to do because they tell you what you have to do.
2: So you eat, sleep, train, and learn as a team. So I was there with 50, 52 guys, and we were all in the same uh, like job types. That like the mm. we were all in different jobs, but they were all part of special operations. Um, and every single one of us was not guaranteed a spot um, to become what we wanted to become mm. because for different reasons. Some guys got medically discharged. Some guys had to get surgery. Some guys had hearing issues, uh, vision issues. Some just didn't have it emotionally or mentally like me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's different reasons. Some guys just quit. Uh, but yeah, you are constantly just being watched. You're constantly at, held at a standard. You have to, like, there is, you basically are learning everything from scratch and it's, it, again, it sounds really bad, but it's mm-hmm. actually a really, really cool process of how they do it. I'm actually connected on social media with one of my drill sergeants. He he seems like a really cool guy now. Obviously when you're going through this, they yeah. the guys seem like asses. But, you know, they went through the same process. Yeah. Every, everybody with from the officers to the high enlisted guys or girls, they all went through the exact same thing you did. And so if you think of it that way, like, okay, if they can do it, if they can go through all this. And now they're drill sergeants and now they're officers, now they're highly ranked officials. I can do this. You know, whether they're special operations or not. Like that's that's the mindset you have to have going into the military. But Whoa. a lot of people won't have that mentality. They're just like, Oh, this sucks. When is this over? You know, I feel horrible. But yeah, I, I was a little bit different when I went in. So
0: That's that's crazy. I you know, during COVID I don't tell anyone this, honestly, but um the reason why I started running because I was training to join the military. Like I was seriously, like when I mean seriously, I watched videos of training, like basic training of Navy, Air Force, Border. I even watched Border Patrol. I watched uh, Marines, Army, and I was gonna leave to the military like without even saying it to my family or even to my friends.
1: Obviously, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I, I, bro. There's something you tell me. I'm like, there's no way yeah. because the first time he told me he his dream job was to be a pilot. And the episode, I was dying laughing because I've because I've known Henry for a long time now, I've, he's never told me he wanted to be a pilot. And so once he said that, I was like, oh, like, what the fuck? I've yeah. never known that about you. And now this, yeah, like I, I'm able to control myself now because like I'm like you generally retire. like I I, I was able to hold my composure, but. You want to join the military, bro? I was literally this
0: cl- like when I mean so close. It was so close. I was gonna join. It's not like Call of Duty, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna join the Marines. That's that's what I was aiming for. And I was so close to do it, but I, was, I, I I noticed at the time I was not uh, joining for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. I've always told myself as a little kid because I've always been like mm-hmm. very patriotic. It's something I don't talk about either. But like about the military and stuff, I have so much respect follow military like my cousin, more my close cousin, he's in the army right now. Mm-hmm. So I've always had a very like I always told myself if something south happens, I'll join the military. But um I was joining for the wrong reasons and because of that I didn't join, but man I was really close. Thankfully I didn't just because like I'm happy this path I'm about to like embark in but that's crazy man. That, I mean a different world maybe I would join. So
2: you have to you have to join for the right reasons. Yeah, uh, right. a lot of people who go in who have family members who are in the military or are in the military, you know, they're they're brought up in it, so they have a little bit more of an advantage. They know what to expect and everything. But if you just go in, um, not blinded, basically, don't not knowing what to do, or like maybe this will work out, maybe it won't. You you won't last very long.
0: Yeah, and so. that's why I was kind of like, and thank God I trusted my instinct because. Man, I was so close. And it's like uh, the reasons why I wanted to join was because, like, I guess at that time, especially during COVID, I felt kind of like lost. I don't know what i to do with my life. And uh, and I was kind of having some up and down C CCC, so I was kind of doubting myself. But I'm the kind of person, like, I hate leaving on stones, on turn, whatever the saying is. Like, I, it just bothers me. Like, I'm that type of guy. And, uh, like, I used to do YouTube, too. I used to have a YouTube channel and uh and it bothered me that i stopped doing it and that, so i took a different path which is this the podcast i'm I'm like that, that kind of person and the reason why i didn't join the military is because i was like wow i'm really gonna quit my education like that's why i keep going just because i just my mentally i my mind can't process like me quitting like a couple of weeks ago someone like you call me fat you can make fun of like my hand i don't care but if you call me a quitter that's fighting words for me. Like don't ever call me quit. It's just that mentality of like, I just hate it. I just don't like it. You know, it's just, that's how I've always been, you know,
2: I, I totally relate to that. Uh, when I came back, I wanted to actually go back. So like what you said about stone being unturned, like unfinished business, I, and it was probably one of the toughest pills to swallow for me of like, this door is closed. God doesn't want me there. This is not my path. It was the same exact thing with the fire department. Like I was wholeheartedly pursuing it. I was ready. I was going to do whatever it took. I was going to die to do this. Um, but the decision was made. The choice was final. Like the, I did everything in my humanly civilian power to try and overturn this decision. And it, it wasn't meant to be. And I even met people, uh, former operators, current Um, one of them is a good friend of mine to this day. And he's just like, dude, you just need to move on. This wasn't your, this wasn't your path. You're a great person. You would have made a great operator, but just move on. It's all good. You're still don't hold anything. Don't let this hold you back. Uh, and you know, some of the, and that definitely put it into perspective for me, meeting other people who have been through it, whether it was different branches or not. Um, I kind of saw in their eyes, even though they didn't have to say anything, like a glimpse of what reality would be like if you see death, if you have to kill somebody, if you have to go through things that nobody on the face of the earth would want to go through. Um, I actually haven't said this out loud, but I'm actually glad myself. The decision was I made the decision I made. Like even though I love the guys that I met in the Air Force, all the guys I met, even though like I haven't talked with them in, in years now. Um, like I'm glad it all happened. Am I a quitter? What did I quit? Yes. But it was a setback, which was, I, which I believe was a setup for something much better. It just wasn't my path.
0: So, yeah. yeah. And that reminds me of what, um, I saw this quote that the rock said, like sometimes the dreams that you don't achieve or happen for you are the biggest gift. Cause he talks about like how the rocks biggest dream was to become an NFL player and he got injured and all of those dreams crumbled and then he became literally the, one of the greatest dirty stars of all time he's the biggest action star right now and it's just like it's just crazy when you think through yourself like those that path that you wanted to take sometimes it's better that you didn't take those because there's a bigger plan for you in the end right. you know and that's really cool that you, that you're experiencing that so yeah man um, do you want to go ahead and plug your YouTube channel? Like, what is it that you're doing YouTube channel right now What? So I started it. It's kind of funny.
2: I, I started one back in 2018 and then I deleted it cause I was like, I'm not getting anywhere at this. I had no motivation. I don't know where my direction is. 2020 I recreated one. Um, and then I just left it blank. I didn't do anything with it. And then literally a couple months ago, a fitness influencer, a really well-known one came into the, my work with her camera guy and other people and was like, Hey, can we shoot the sequence of what was going to happen? Which I was going to fit them all in shoes. And from there basically was like, okay, I can do what this person is doing. And then wind up getting connected with them. And they've, we've kept in touch a little bit, but like, that was like the, the turning point for me. And then one of my coworkers said, you know, there's never been a famous YouTuber from Keller, Texas. And then I said in my mind, well, I'm going to be the first in a humble way. Of course, yeah. I didn't say it arrogantly, but yeah. like that was I, it basically right now. My direction is just fitness. Um, obviously, I'll eventually bring my faith into it and the story aspect of what I've been through journey wise. Uh, but right now it's just more like helping people in the fitness world and trying to grow the the channel through that.
0: That's awesome, man, and it's funny you say that because <clears throat> I started mine at twenty eighteen too, and I kept it going up to like twenty twenty, but then I stopped and I found, and thankfully, I found doing this with him, with Sebastian, and uh, it's fun. I love it. Um, it's always interesting. I uh, I think I could speak for the both of us. It's always interesting for us to have new guests. Cause we've had, we have we have had Adrian, we have Victor in here before. Yep. We've had Daniel, yep. Israel, multiple times. We we gotta stop that. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a lot of people and it's just fun you know it's really fun we've had people i play soccer with just people that travel from i had, we interviewed this guy he came from nepal and he talked about his story you know how the whole process and it's fun man and i i mean you already i mean you already know what to do you already have the goal you know stay consistent you already know i mean you don't i don't you're not hear from me but I, I mean, I'm I'm excited for you and I'm excited to see what we got going on in the future, man. Oh, What is it do you do for work real quick?
2: So um, I've been working in specialty retail, uh, selling walking, running shoes, apparel, stuff like that. Basically fitness stuff. Um, I've been doing it for technically 14 years. Oh, wow. So for a little bit. For what store? Um I used to work for Luke's Locker, which was a well known yeah, yeah, ma-
0: one in I know there's one in Montgomery Plaza. Yeah,
2: that the Fort Worth one. I worked there for a long time. Um I would now work at Bear Creek Running Company in Keller, Texas. Bear Creek Running. So yeah, Company. it's a smaller store, but um it's doing really well.
0: Sounds very sounds familiar. Bear Creek Running. Mm-hmm. I probably saw it when I looked up running. You're street.
1: like in a shop it's like almost not really a shopping center, but like a street of shops and stuff yes, like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might pass by. Because me, Israel, and Dan went to Boca 31. Have you been there? Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. Yep. like, it's like yeah. in Bear Creek. Yeah, I was like, uh, that sounds super familiar, like Bear Creek. Yeah, um, because like me, Israel, and Dan have been in Boca 31. But, yeah. Is there like, well, oh, shit, I already asked that question because of me. Oh, real quick, the- I just want to say one thing. Who's the
0: influence? influence?
2: Um, her name is Megan Gallagher. Shout out to her because she was like, She not only like let me be on the video, um, she gave me a shout out in another video, but she like wanted to hear more about me because she got connected with me on Instagram and was like, who is this dude? You know, she started learning a bit more about me. And so, you know, I'm really thankful for somebody like that who has a huge platform. Um, Is that humble enough to like get to know somebody like me who's not well known and, you know, just wants to make a huge impact on people and wants to do something special like this?
1: That's awesome. There's not a lot of people like that, and it's awesome to hear. Yeah, I already asked my question. Usually, we ask this question at the end of the podcast, but I guess I asked it hella early. Um, about like, well, it was about like when you were speaking in front of people and stuff. Like, what's one thing you want to take home? Typically, when we when we end the podcast with the guests, we ask them like, is there something you would have told yourself to your friends, people you know, or what would you tell your younger self like? If you could go back in time, let's say you have like two minutes, like short, like quick two minutes, five minutes. What would you tell your younger self? So
2: I just turned 30 in May. I know it may be hard for people to believe. I have a very baby face still. Yeah, I wouldn't um, picture you 30. But, like,
1: I'd be like, he's the same age as me. Yeah. Or, yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, so before my 30th birthday, my now ex broke up with me. I got dropped from EMT school. I got COVID bad for, bad for really, for a second time, really bad. I got a respiratory infection, really bad. I got a staph infection, really bad. Uh, had no direction really where I wanted to go. Um, was like, what do you want me to do? God? What do you want me to do? What is my path? What am I going to pursue now? Now that the fire department dream is over. Um, I would tell my younger self to just have faith, stay the course, keep working hard, stay humble, and then first and foremost, just just do it. Don't let anybody hold you back. Don't underestimate yourself. Don't hold, don't let expectations, don't, don't have high expectations that you can't achieve right away. Don't let negative circumstances keep you from achieving your goals. Like that is yeah. the number one thing that was always holding me back and that was one of the things that was a weight that i was carrying through life i got very resentful very angry very bitter very just 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 a very unhappy individual and once i let all that go once i started forgiving people and forgiving myself i saw breakthroughs and i'm seeing them to this day and that's you know the big thing that's the big takeaway i would want to give the one person who needed to hear that
1: Awesome! Damn! What a, uh Very inspirational. I, like that's very motivating. Like I definitely can't talk like that. Like that's really motivating. Like that's really motivating, man. That's the only other person that has been equally or as motivating as you is Victor about um this whole fighting. Shit. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. challenge Victor. No, no, anything. no. But motivating yeah. wise, dude, definitely like very much. Victor like, and Adam. And Adam. Adam says some good gyms. Yeah. He's no, an upcoming he, O-com- O-com- rapper. Yeah. Uh, one of our friends. Yeah. yeah. But you're up there for motivation. Like, definitely remember most of the shit you said for sure because.
0: After this, I'm going to drop do some push-ups real quick.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> real. I'm about to do some David Goggins <laughs> shit. Running outside, no shoes type shit. What did you say at then That your brother says that you hated? Who's uh, going to the- carry the
0: boats? In the carry log? the boats, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but we appreciate your time, Jonathan. Yeah. We really do. Um, especially coming out here and giving us your time. Um, did you already name your channel? Because I know you talked about a YouTube channel, but what is it going to be called? Your yeah, name?
2: it's called it's my initials J E S Lifts.
0: J E V Lifts.
1: J E
2: S Lifts. Yeah, I Jonathan Evers is too long and too hard to spell correctly, so yeah my
1: thought,
0: mind just scrambled when you said that <laughs> yeah. I was like, huh, so
2: yeah yeah
1: but okay that's awesome Sweet. and then so, yeah. okay jace youtube and do you do like stuff for your instagram as well or is that your personal instagram or you just do your own stuff uh
2: my it's just my name so it's jonathan Switoka. it's
1: just a personal instagram can you spell your last name so people can know jonathan yeah and uh, then also so we can spell on the description of the fucking instagram post you Normally.
2: Yeah. It's S is in Sam, W I A, T is in Tom, O C H A. Holy
1: shit. Yeah. My brain just scrambled like No, but we appreciate you guys listening as always. Um Broken Hour podcast. That's on Instagram and on TikTok. Help us get to twelve hundred. I keep seeing eleven ninety five on that shit, bro. It bothers me a little bit. I'm like, more. fuck! Somebody give me more. five more, motherfucker! <laughs> five more! <laughs> <laughs> hey, <right. laughs> but we appreciate you guys listening, and as always, you guys have a kick-ass week. Peace. Look at your peace. Stop saying that. You, see, you gotta say more oomph. You just say like, peace.